You're listening to the Faithful Career Moves Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Hunter, and this is a place where we talk to people who recognize the Lord's hand in their lives and specifically in their careers. Thank you for joining me on episode 13 of the Faithful Career Moves Podcast. Today I'm interviewing a good friend of mine, Donika Blotter. She's a geologist, a professor, and a mother of four kids. She's also really fun to be around. We play basketball together, softball, we've gone to young women's camp for years. She makes me laugh so often, I forget how darn smart she is. But Danica also has a dream job that includes travel and adventure, as well as flexibility. But after talking to her, I discovered just how hard she worked to get that. And though on Instagram, it looks idyllic. Her decision to be a working mom came with some career sacrifices as well. So if you have aspirations in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, or you have a daughter interested in those things, take some notes. The path may be challenging, but Donika's advice is to do it anyway. I'll let Donika explain what she does for a living. My current job is as a research geologist, and I work on volcanoes and volcanic rocks to try to understand how magma is generated and how it's transported and where it's stored in the crust and how it erupts in order to look at volcanic hazards and volcanic risk. So how did you get started in that? It has not been a really straight path, but I always loved to be outside and was interested in science from a young age. Even though it didn't come easily, science and math classes that I took were the more challenging classes for me. I was really interested, though, in earth science and environment, and I started doing science fair projects, was kind of nerdy that way. And by about my junior year in high school, I really had figured out what I wanted to do and that I wanted to do geology. And I also think growing up in Utah and just having amazing exposures of beautiful outcrops of rocks everywhere to look at could really see geologic forces at work and think about those things just in everyday life. Talk a little bit about women in science. Did you feel like you were encouraged in that direction or not? Definitely. Starting with my mom, she didn't really have opportunities to pursue science when she was growing up. She really could either be a teacher or a nurse. And those were the kind of career options that she felt like were available. So when she saw that I was interested in this. She really encouraged me and still does. She's still a big cheerleader for me. Mm -hmm. But also when I was in high school, I took an independent study class where I was able to leave school and go work at the Utah Geological Survey Mm -hmm. on a science project with one of the scientists there. And so he was probably my first mentor. And even all my science teachers in high school were men, but they encouraged me to do this. Mm -hmm. And then once I had early kind of success with these projects, there was some recruitment from geology Mm -hmm. departments that reached out and um, encouraged me to apply and offered scholarships. And so I don't necessarily know that that was because they were trying to recruit women or if they just wanted somebody good, but I never felt like there were lack of opportunities. I'm glad to hear that. So this is high school, but where does it go from there? You know, I thought I would eventually go to law school. So I thought maybe I wanted to do environmental geology. I was really interested in some of the environmental challenges that we were facing. And so after college, I got my first job at an environmental consulting firm and I loved it. It was great. The travel, really fun colleagues, just lots of challenging projects. Mm -hmm. But as I did it for a few years, I realized that the demands of that job were not really 
probably compatible with some of my other goals in life with having a family. So I ended up deciding to go back to graduate school and get a PhD so that I could teach. At what point did you get married in this process? Early. (laughs) (laughs) I was not even quite 20. So I was 19 and got married early. Luckily, because I do think marriage is the leap of faith, but I did choose somebody who was really supportive. So even though I moved, you know, I moved states after Mm -hmm. I got married, I was able to pick up my schooling and finish my bachelor's degree and still get the kind of job I wanted in the career that I thought I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then when we started talking about other family goals after we'd been married a while, we decided together that, you know, I should go back and do the PhD, Mm -hmm. which it's a big choice to make. It's a very long-term kind of a commitment and to a, a different type of a career. When did kids come into play? I had my first baby in graduate school. So I was in my third year of my PhD. I remember being really worried about telling my advisor about this because he he was kind of large stature person Mm -hmm. in the field that I had chosen to work. And I think, you know, took a risk Mm -hmm. taking me on as a student. I think I was maybe his third female student in a line of about 30 students. Wow. I I waited until I was about seven months pregnant, literally, (laughs) before I even told him. I don't know how he didn't figure it out. I know. Like he, has, he has four kids of his own. So like yeah. he would think would figure this out. But, you know, I told him and, and he just looked at me and said, well, you're not going to take any time off, are you? Uh. So that wasn't really a legitimate thing to do when I was in, in training. There wasn't maternity leave, things like that. So I really didn't. I kind of just stayed on track and I finished my PhD and then I stayed there and did a postdoc mm-hmm. with him before moving to Colorado and doing a postdoc there. And just was able to stay on track. But after baby number three, we moved back to the Bay Area. And it was a lot to try to keep up with. Right. Even just trying to figure out how to do childcare mm-hmm. for three kids and even still make it worthwhile to work was a difficult thing. Right. But I got really lucky because that same advisor who initially had been pretty skeptical mm-hmm. of me being able to work and be a mom had come full circle. He invited me to come back and work with him. And he said, you know, even if you can only work a day a week, it'll be worth it. We can get a lot done. We can continue our work. It'll keep you with a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. He was completely right about that. And about the same time was when I found uh, an advertisement for teaching a geology class at the local community college. And so I, I started doing that part time as well. So I was able to still have a lot of time with my kids and really be present with them, but keep some semblance of a career going as well. Tell me about the trips you take. (laughs) So geology often involves a lot of field work. And during my PhD, I worked in the Mexican volcanic belt. So I spent a lot of time just mapping and sampling there. Currently, you know, have projects in Alaska. Sometimes work takes me to Hawaii or Iceland or other places like that. I remember after I had my first baby and I still had lots of field work I needed to do, Mm -hmm. my husband and also my extended family really helped out. Like I had a lot of help with taking care of my kids because sometimes I'll be gone for several weeks, even up to a month. Mm -hmm. It's been really good, I think, for my husband and his relationship with the kids because from day one, he really had to know how to do everything I knew how to do. It never takes any instructions or anything special when I have to leave or when I'm going somewhere. Basically, we just share a calendar and he knows what to do. That's amazing. What other family adjustments have you made? 
all kinds of crazy things have happened. One time I had to go interview for a faculty job and I was nursing my second baby and she would not take a bottle. So I had to bring her with me. And one of my younger sisters came with me to the Uh interview and took care of her between all the different events that I had to do so that I could nurse her in between. Yeah, Support like that, you know, has been amazing from extended family. And then also just the day-to-day things like just carpools and mm-hmm. organizing things like that. So because for a long time, I was teaching two days a week and then working part-time at my research job two days a week. Mm-hmm. So the two days a week when I was teaching, I was really close to home. Mm-hmm. And so I would basically schedule every single thing I could do for my kids Mm -hmm. on those days. Mm -hmm. I would drive all the carpools. I would go to all the things I could do on those days Mm -hmm. because the days when I would go to the lab, I would be far away and unavailable. Did you carry any of the the mom guilt? Not too much because Mm -hmm. I tried for a short period of time just not working and it Mm -hmm. was really hard on everybody. I was not happy and not nice to be around. (laughs) And I think my whole family realizes that everybody's much happier when I'm happy. (laughs) So once I kind of figured that out, because they know who I am and and what it is that I need to do, Mm -hmm. they just support me in doing it. And that's been amazing. Yeah, I love that. So then on the flip side, are there some professional sacrifices that you've had to make? Well, definitely. I think the biggest thing was when you are in academia, you are most marketable, usually when you're doing your postdoctoral work. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was literally during my postdoc at Colorado, I had two babies in two years. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of field work and conferences and interviews and things going on while I was either pregnant or or nursing. And um, I interviewed, I think, for four different faculty jobs that I ultimately had to turn down because they weren't compatible with my husband's career. So that was hard at that time. So one of the things my mom shared with me is advice, which I took to heart and I think is a really good thing to consider. You have a lot of years to work, Mm -hmm. but only a short time for having kids. Mm -hmm. So I think that this has worked out for me somehow, but I think structurally it doesn't necessarily work out that well for the way academia is structured. Mm -hmm. Because the time when you're going to be most marketable and when you're trying to get your tenure track job and when you're trying to get tenure is also biologically the time when you need to be having kids if you want them. What advice would you give if I I have both of these goals in mind? Do it. Just do both. (laughs) Yeah. I feel really blessed to have been able to have both a family that I've wanted and the career that I've wanted. They both bring me a lot of joy and I cannot imagine life without either one. So do you have some practical tips? Be prepared, get as much education and training as they possibly can. Also be flexible because it might not be a really straightforward path. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I, I felt like I had a pretty straightforward path, you know, until there were four different faculty jobs that I turned down. Mm -hmm. And I felt like at that time, I really had to take my career off of the main burner and just put it kind of on a side burner, Mm -hmm. but never really turn it off. Like you have to sort of keep it simmering Mm -hmm. on the side and just be flexible about when you might have the opportunity to move it back over. Um, And I do think also things are definitely getting better for women. Like, the experience I had when I had to tell my advisor that I was expecting my first baby. Yeah. I don't think it would go that way now. Mm -hmm. Um, Women definitely do have 
a lot more options and there is maternity leave. And because more women have moved up through the ranks in the STEM fields, it, it could be likely that people are just a lot more understanding and have, have seen a lot more women succeed at doing both. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is just be really careful about your choice of mentors as well. I've had really great mentors. Even that original advisor turned out to be a great choice. And I've had good mentors ever since that have been understanding and able to work with me in a flexible way. Interesting. I can't help but think that one of the roles you've played is simply in making it easier for other women to have the option to be both a scientist and a mom. Mm -hmm. I hope so. It was interesting with that same advisor. He did tell me when I was applying for jobs, I did go to one interview where I was really pregnant with my third baby. (laughs) And they asked him something that, I mean, actually is illegal. He shouldn't ask, but they said, well, how many more kids do you think she's going to (laughs) have? And he said to them, you know, he had come around for full circle and he said, well, I don't know, but if she has more, I know that she can handle it. Yeah. She's not going to be a problem. So mm-hmm. I think being reliable and being responsible, I, I do know that he did end up eventually having to make some adjustments for mm-hmm. my schedule. You know, he was used to being a person who had kind of an army of students and postdocs, and we would meet every morning for a coffee meeting. Mm-hmm. And by the time his was kind of at the end of his career, there were fewer and fewer other people. And eventually it was just me. Mm. And he realized that I was struggling to get there at eight o'clock every morning. Mm-hmm. But he finally noticed. And he, yeah. said, <laughs> what, he said, what time would work for you? I said, oh, well, nine o'clock, <laughs> nine would be much better. You know, and then there was always the expectation that you would work every weekend as well mm. in graduate school and, and postdoc. And when I did have my first baby, I said, look, you know, I can work every other Saturday, but mm. I, I can't keep working every Saturday. And so we just had to make adjustments along the way. Danica, what haven't I asked you about your career that I should have? A lot of people think so much about how marketable their degree is going to be and where the jobs are going to be and and try to think so much about making money, Mm -hmm. which is a really important thing. And, And I guess I haven't had to think as much about that because I always had a spouse Mm-hmm. who was making money, but it's wonderful to actually be able to do something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. and that you'd love to do and be able to make money. And so I think you have to find a balance with that. You know, as, as I watch my kids grow up and make these choices, you know, my oldest daughter, I think she chose something to make money and then hasn't necessarily been as happy doing it. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at making a change at this point. My next daughter is also pursuing something that makes money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I haven't been able to rub any of this off on my kids, the idea of just finding something that you're really interested and passionate about mm-hmm. and just being the best at that thing yeah. that you can be and that the career steps, the path will kind of fall into place, that those mm-hmm. aren't the things that you have to worry about so much. Can you tell me about a leap of faith that you had to take with your career? I think even just when I was teaching half-time mm-hmm. and I was offered the part-time research job, I was really excited about the prospect of it, but I didn't see how I could do it because, you know, I live in the Bay Area. The traffic is terrible. Mm -hmm. The job is about 45 miles away, but sometimes that can take two hours Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't see how to make it all work. I just remember really being prayerful about trying to make this work and was it the right time? 
And it turns out that it was a great time to take a hold of that opportunity and that it's led to a lot of other opportunities that I've had since. Mm -hmm. Well, that takes me into my last question for you, which is how have you seen the hand of God in your career? Definitely the whole way, Mm -hmm. the whole way, just from the beginning, from choosing what path to take from the big decisions, like where to go to school, who to work with, Mm -hmm. what to work on to even the little decisions. A lot of times, you know, with the experiments that I do and the field work that I do, a lot of it is kind of a leap of faith, Mm -hmm. but I feel like just knowing that Heavenly Father has my back Mm -hmm. is a a kind of a source of confidence to take chances Mm -hmm. and to also know that the challenges that we have are just opportunities to grow. So I, I just can feel that trust in him and just be able to take that leap. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been amazing in my career and in life choices. I love that. Thank you for being on the show with me today. Sure. It's been fun, Shelly. It's nice to catch up. With each person I talk to, I am more in awe of how well the Lord crafts the details of our individual paths to utilize our talents and interests and to bring us joy. No one-size-fits-all path, but a fully individualized, non-linear, sometimes messy, often confusing, perfect path. Donika worked hard and had to make sacrifices to get where she is now. It's possible she could have been further along in her career had she not put it on the side burner and let it simmer for a while, as she mentioned. But she made that choice in order to start a family, to serve others, and to be present in her kids' lives, and she has no regrets. I think that's how this works. When we prayerfully make choices to press forward or hold back or pause or take a leap, the end result is always better than we can imagine for ourselves. So I'll echo the advice that Donika gave to her daughters. Pick something you love, work hard to be the very best you can be at that thing, and then put the actual career steps in the Lord's hands. I promise you'll be amazed at what He has in store for you. Thanks for sharing that, Donika, and thank you for listening. Once again, thank you for listening to the Faithful Career Moves podcast. It's my hope that listening to this episode will inspire you to think more broadly about how your career and your spiritual journey intersect. If you like that idea and want others to have a similar epiphany, then please share this podcast on social media, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, or leave a comment on the website. Doing so will help others find this content as well. 